Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. The Informer Daily is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. At Joy 94.9, we'd like to pay our ongoing respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. This is the Informer Daily for Thursday, the 30th of April, 2020. I'm your host, Arian Potts. Today, today we're talking about sex robots and how that's changing the way that people have sex in many, many different ways. You know, in terms of that often used cliche, what a time to be alive. (laughs) Nonetheless, what a time to be alive that you can have. You know, it's almost like if you can imagine it now, it's out there in some shape or form. And we have what's on with Frock Hudson. But first, this update. This is Dee Mason with the Joy 94.9 COVID-19 update for Thursday the 30th of April. Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton is standing by statements he's made calling for an independent inquiry into China's handling of the initial COVID-19 outbreak. He says China should welcome the opportunity to be transparent on a world stage. Chinese officials warn these comments may cause irreparable damage to the relationship between Australia and China. The JobSeeker payment may be receiving a permanent increase as the Department of Social Services prepares to give the government advice on whether the increased payments should be extended beyond September. Although she made no confirmations, Acting Deputy Secretary Shane Bennett told a Senate inquiry the department is not ruling out an increase to the previous rate of $40 a day. Over 1.3 million Australians have made JobSeeker claims since the outbreak of COVID-19. Virgin Australia owes almost $7 billion to over 12,000 creditors who will today meet via video link. Although the airline had money issues before the outbreak of COVID-19, blanket travel bans worsened their problems and forced them to go into voluntary administration. The company employs thousands of Australians. Most have been stood down in the last month. Tasmania has recorded a new death, an 86-year-old woman from the state's northwest. This brings Tasmania's death toll to 12 and the national death toll to 91. Victorian authorities are investigating a COVID-19 cluster in a Melbourne aged care home. Now extensive testing is being done at the site. Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton says the state will be able to prevent the cluster from growing further. Six new mobile testing sites are opening in Melbourne today and four were opened yesterday as part of the state government's effort to ramp up testing. Victorians with even the mildest of symptoms are being encouraged to get tested. Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan is warning of an imminent spike in COVID-19 cases as hundreds of people return from overseas on chartered flights. All returning Australians will be placed in quarantine, either in hotels or on Rottnest Island. The Northern Territory is lifting restrictions on wedding and funeral guests on Friday. There will be no limit on guest numbers, but social distancing measures still apply. Playgrounds in the Territory will also be reopening this week. 
This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. As technology advances, there are more and more ways that robotics and sex are coming together unintended. I spoke with Dr. Lauren Rosewarn, who's a senior lecturer in political science at the University of Melbourne, about her interest in robotic sexuality and media. We start off by talking about her work. You've got a really interesting research focus. What can you tell me about it? Okay, so my research is like, what's a how do I <laughs> how do I draw it all together in a sentence? I look at the intersection between media and how media narrates our experiences of the world. And there tends to be a focus there on topics that we get an informal education from the media about. So, you know, topics, um, sex-based or, or body-based topics where our understanding of these topics comes from uh, film and television rather than formal education settings. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give uh, an obvious example of that? So, Yeah, I wrote a book about masturbation and masturbation is a good example where school education on that topic is relatively slim. Uh, you're not getting anything detailed and it's not really, uh, you know, it's not sex education mostly is a focus on how not to get pregnant and how not to get diseases. And yet film and television has lots of different references to masturbation. And so we piece together our understanding of it through entertainment media where it doesn't actually feel like an uncomfortable sex education setting. Rather, we're watching something we enjoy. Mm. So where does your interest in robotics tie in with this? So last year I was thinking about – I'd read an article about uh, broth, robot brothels in Europe. And it was a particular article that was looking at Texas and uh, Houston particularly who had refused to allow a licence for a robot brothel. And there, there, there were a few in Europe. Spain, I think, had a couple. Anyway, the article was uh, a news report. And it, it, it triggered something in my brain because I'd written about sex work previously and it's a topic of interest for me. As it turns out, there's a a sort of smallish but nonetheless loud uh, group of feminists who are strongly opposed to robot brothels and who, uh, for what it, you know, a a complicated set of reasons, are opposing them. And this got me thinking about this idea of what, (laughs) why are radical feminists interested in robot brothels? And how does this narrate my experience around or, 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 or used, how does this use as a sort of talking point for my interest in, in the topic of sex work as well as the mm-hmm. politics around it? And I guess that sort of had me thinking about um, these robot brothels and more broadly sex robots yeah. as, I, you know, are they a human replacement? You know, all those questions that we have about robots, mm. but why... Uh, it was really the central question, why do radical feminists care? And that was really what led to an article yep. I had published in, or an essay published in The Angin last year. 
If we go back to robot brothels, mm. um, why was one denied in Houston? Population there was not willing. I mean, if you think about the landscape generally in the United States regarding sex work, you know, it, it, it's, it's pretty much just Nevada that's allowing any kind of brothels anyway. You know, most of the sex work that happens in the U.S. is um, escorts, you know, so-called escort work, which is yeah. not supposed to be paid sex but ends up being paid sex. And it's quite sort of underground-ish, which makes, I would argue, workers more vulnerable. Mm. So in this case, the argument was, well, there are no, you know, it's not paid intercourse. Um, but anyway, in in the, in the sort of civil ordinance um, rules, people in Houston were simply opposed to the idea of having a brothel in town, regardless of whether it's staffed by women or staffed by robots. What does the rise of sex robots mean for the LGBTIQA plus community? Look, I think it creates some interesting opportunities. I think about that and how I think about uh, new technology in general. So a few years ago, I wrote a book on intimacy in the internet and the the impact that um, things like online connections have had in terms of uh, relationships in general. And I had a chapter there that was exploring uh, the LGBTI community and how the internet now is generally instrumental in the journey of coming out you know a lot of people will have their first sexual experiences not necessarily in a um you know cyber chat type of way but through pornography and through other kinds of of communicating with other people that they may not meet in real life that the internet really helps facilitate that journey no one anymore or I shouldn't say, there will be very few people left anymore who have that feeling of I'm the only gay or I'm the only trans person or I'm the only anything anymore because the internet allows you to see you're not on your own. And that's, you know, we can't underestimate the value of that. And I guess if I think about that type of journey in terms of identity shaping and identity play, which is something I'm quite interested in, how do we do different uh, identities with the with the assistance of, of the technology that then when you think about the context of, of robotics i think creates this interesting space where uh sex becomes something to play with mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't have to involve somebody else because involving something else can for a lot of people make something real and make it something that feels quite um uh, not necessarily fixed but once I've done that, I'm that person potentially. And then also, you know, feelings are involved when other people are there. And I guess for some people, there'll be a sense that if I'm not involving another person, it's more masturbatory and it's more fantasy. And I think that this is where one of the scopes for, for robotics comes in is this idea of playing with fantasy in a very safe way and i mean safe in in a lot of different um a lot of different ways i think psychologically safe physically safe etc unless you go down the horror movie path where the robots you know come and get their own agendas and then kill everyone but generally safe in the sense that um you know safe in the way that uh, you don't have to negotiate boundaries in the same way that you do with another person we'll have more with dr lauren rose warren after this This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. And to continue our interview with Dr. Lauren, I'd start by asking her about some of the implications for LGBTIQA plus people. What's the state of the technology now? Like what's available on the market? Yeah, look, I mean, this is, I think like everything, you have got 
an enormous spectrum of products and price points. So you've got, you know, those very high tech, but we're talking in the tens of thousands of dollars, robots who are very human-like in a lot of respects, you know, Mm. who respond to touch, who um, I think are kind of heated in a way that's sort of mimicking the the feel of flesh, you know, that they look more like a person than the old-school blow-up dolls. But then you've got different kinds of products that sort of, meet more i think for most of us we're not going out and purchasing a 10 or twenty thousand dollar sex robot even if we're curious in that realm what we might do and something that we're already doing is if we look at the um development of sex toys over the years they've become more intuitive they've become more uh human-like is not the right word they've become more even real is a loaded word, but they've certainly become fancier. <laughs> and yeah. in the process of becoming fancier, you know, the very fact, for example, if I've got a um, an, an, an alien sex fantasy, for example, there mm-hmm. is one of my very, very best sex toy I've ever come across <laughs> is a – and I just I, – I always think of it. I haven't got one because I, it's, it doesn't really play into any fantasy I've got, but I love the aesthetics of it. It's a, a, a dildo that releases eggs. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, the ovipositor, I think it's called. And I just love the fact that it's someone had that fantasy <laughs> and made it real. Yeah. And then other people have that fantasy and are buying it. And I think this is, you know, in terms of that often used cliche, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Nonetheless, <laughs> what a time to be alive that you can have, you know, it's almost like if you can imagine it now, it's out there in some shape or form. And I think yeah. that's very exciting in terms of sexuality for a lot of people because I think we've got we still have quite linear and almost binary understandings of sex in the sense that you know that that it's involving another person and that other person has to be you know into the same kinks that you are when in fact I mean robots allow you or you know sex toys more broadly allow you to experience sexuality separately from partnered relationships. And I think this sort of then goes back to some research I did a few years ago about the different ways that we each engage with our own sexual perversions. And very few people live it in its entirety. You know, their life is not structured around one fantasy. We tend to do it in pockets of our identity. And I think this is one of the sort of scopes for for robots and, and fancy sex toys is doing your fantasy and also having relationships with flesh and blood people and also doing other sexual things in in a kind of uh, flesh-on-flesh sense as well as the fantasy stuff that robots facilitate. Mm. And humans have been making sex toys for centuries. I was just thinking for some reason the other day about that you know wooden dildos have been found mm. in, in Greece and... <laughs> It took me a second. I was like, olive oil must come and become involved. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, isn't it? Because I think we all fall into this trap of thinking of some of this stuff as, as new, you know, or, or feeling it feels quite contemporary. When in fact, yeah, that desire for, you know, be it replicating your husband's uh, penis when he's away at sea kind of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, now I don't think that's necessarily what we're thinking about so much as more about experiencing the spectrum of our sexuality with props and with things Mm. that can kind of um, pad out a fantasy. And I think um, it's also medicine has brought some some sex toys. And the one I'm really thinking about is the vibrator, which um, was used for, you know, hysterical women Mm. for them to stop being hysterical. (laughs) 
but even now, I mean, this is something that uh, in, in, when I was writing the book about masturbation is, you know, you, you look at the old school 1800s uh, medical literature, which is all about masturbation is going to make you blind, give you bronchitis, you name the ailment, masturbation is going to cause it. Whereas now we look at the capacity for what does, what are the, how do humans benefit from orgasms that they can control? You know, this idea, and I've done in, in recent weeks because of the uh, lockdown or the shutdown, interviews with journalists about, you know, how do we deal with intimacy? And well, not everyone is partnered. That doesn't mean intimacy is not something you can experience on your own. You know, this idea that relying on someone else all the time, that interesting capacity for once you are able to take matters into your own hands, but Mm. also what good comes of that you know uh, i think this is an interesting thing where we talk about you know loneliness or or um sex starvation in isolation and some of this stuff is avoidable yeah and i'm also thinking that it, it can be really handy for people who maybe have aren't partnered have a oops, sorry maybe it's useful for people who are um, not partnered and you know, maybe have a low sex drive or, you know, asexual, aromantic that, you know, when they have that desire, they can do that in a safe way without having to necessarily start a relationship with expectations or something. Absolutely. And when you think about that, you know, and that's often one of the report, you know, when you read uh, reasons that, you know, men purchase sex, that's often what they speak about is, you know, my partner has a has a low sex drive and I've just got these, you know, normal human natural needs and I've gone to a sex worker. And mm. I think, though, for a lot of people and certainly in, in relationships, that's going to feel like betrayal. For lots of for lots of couples, and that could potentially create its own, uh, you know, because not everybody who has sex outside of their marriage wants to end that marriage or end that relationship. And I think the capacity f- for robots and and creative uses around, you know, existing toys and whatnot, I think help us in this space in terms of um, of options. Because I think that's what it's about: it's options. It's not about replacing anybody. It's not about getting rid of the sex industry. It's about creating yet another set of tools in our toolkit of surviving life and having fulfilling lives and fulfilling sex lives as well. Where do you see the future going for this? This is an interesting question. I mean, I guess in one respect, um, things that are more human, I think, has an element of, of obviousness in the sense of robots that simply have more ability to mimic people because i think that you know at the end of the day most people are going to want to have sex with another person so Mm. you'll have all of your sort of more madcap you know creative amazing different types of robots and that's great but i think trying to mimic intercourse and i think this is one of those things where um particularly during this time of of social isolation and that idea of can you replicate a relationship when distance is an issue i think this is where that comes into it in the sense of well if you have something that has some of the properties because as much as we might say um sex toys have very Uh, abilities to mimic certain kind, at least to bring about an orgasm for wanting to phrase it quickly. We can't replicate certain things like touch and being touched by another person. The technology isn't great in that space yet. Mm. And I think that's one of those things that technology will probably move towards is how do we mimic that? Because there's things like, you know, being comforted and being held by another person that at the moment at the moment robots aren't actually um in any meaningful way filling that gap how could that 
gap be filled? How could that sensation be purchased? And I think that's an interesting uh, scope for future development there. Mm. Uh, what got me interested in the subject was um, reading a article about people trying to program language for sex robots and not getting stereotypical cisgendered phrasing right that it you know the the masculine robot might say something like i'm going to go make dinner right now in a way that didn't ring true with the researchers um, right. and then it went on to talk about um you know that that might be really important for the cisgendered heterosexual community but there's also a big area to play with in customizing that personality for people who are LGBTIQA+. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where when we talk about robots, you know, in, in, uh, artificial intelligence, at the moment, robots are as only, are as only, are only as intelligent as what we've input in terms of data. Mm. So that idea of, yeah, of course they're going to have some shortcomings in terms of feeling real because of things such as, you know, uh, odd phrasings and, and, and cultural insensitivities and whatnot. And I think this is one of those things where when we get to more mimicking a, a human-like experience, happen if you're purchasing a massively you know hugely expensive robot you're going to want it to perform pretty well and you're not going to want a, a you know a sexual interaction being ruined by someone saying something stupid that's a turn off for you and for me for example as someone who's really into words that would really be important for me so imagining spending time doing that you know what are the words that work for you what are the absolute never say words yep. you know, for me i don't want to hear anyone say panties for example um i'm sure <laughs> You know, it's never going to work for me, so we can shut the shop up right now. But that idea of, um, you know, um, spending time doing that, I imagine that mm. this is probably one of those things that if you are investing to that extent, spending time doing that would be really important. And, I mean, there's already huge levels of customizer. If you're willing to, you know, buy one of those $10,000 up sex robots, you are customizing anyway in terms of aesthetics. You know, you can pick the, you know, color of the pubic you know pick any or any nipples all of these things that you can do uh it seems not that far-fetched to think well voice and and, and oral um uh content will be important yeah and hopefully they don't ever ask you did you lock the car <laughs> <laughs> did you turn on the smoke detector or the, the alarm yeah all these no, no yeah i think i think those might be nearly universal turnoffs you know <laughs> something to really take But yes, you know, you always hear though on the list of most things that turn people off is the word moist. Whereas I have no problem with moist. I think it's because I bake, and if you're a baker, you want your cake to be moist. So mm. it doesn't. It's not. It's not a cringe word for me in the way panties most definitely is a cringe word. I don't get the problem with moist. I never have. But mm. <laughs> and there's not a good word to replace it in English anyway. <laughs> There really isn't. It's one of those because all of the ones that we could come up with are actually much more horrible. Like soggy, for example, straight away. Come, no one wants that. <laughs> There's no place for that. You know, you'll be missing moist when you start thinking about what are our other options. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's Dr. Lauren Rosewarn, a senior lecturer in political science at the University of Melbourne. 
This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Just because you're physically distanced doesn't mean you can't stay connected to your communities and put the social into your social distancing. Hi, it's the furry and fabulous Frock Hudson here with your weekly roundup of queer entertainment streaming from around Australia straight into your homes this weekend. Just a note, all times mentioned are Australian Eastern Standard Times. So if you're in another time zone, don't ask me, just do the maths. This list keeps getting bigger and bigger every single week, but we only have so much time here on the Informer Daily, so be sure to check out the full listing at my Facebook page. Just search for Frock Hudson. There's so much on this weekend, let's just dive straight in. Friday night, the Melbourne Queer Film Festival are hosting a virtual film night via their Facebook page. So grab the popcorn and join your community for a screening of Freak Show, a wonderfully queer, fish-out-of-water comedy that's based on the award-winning cult novel by legendary club kid James St. James. It's some part clueless and lots parts fabulous. I saw this at the festival last year and it is camp, I guarantee entertainment. Then at 9.30, Lexi Gaga will have you green with envy on her Instagram story as she does a special tribute to the musical Wicked from 9.30, live from her living room. Just go to Lexi Gags on Instagram for all the fun. Honestly, it's the best way to cap off your Friday night and kick into the weekend each and every week. Saturday morning, Melbourne's inclusive rugby team, the Melbourne Chargers, are hosting a rugby Zoom meeting to help with training while socially distancing on how tries are scored while playing some game called rugby. I've never played it. Look, I think the safest place for me to practice exercising is through a computer screen, so I'll be sure to log in and lie down and do a bit of learning. From 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, Equality Australia's Queer Love brings LGBTIQA plus artists and performers who have lost work due to COVID-19 straight into your homes as we gather as a community across Australia online to reconnect and celebrate. Now, this is hosted by Tom Ballard, and it'll also have Australia's biggest online voguing battle. That is something absolutely not to be missed. Then dance away the rest of your afternoon with Quarantine Camp, as some of your fave DJs will have your hands in the air at home like you just don't care, as you sing along to tunes and keep on bopping. In the evening, Dykes on Bikes Melbourne host a dancing DJ Dynamo with Kelly Chrome, bringing house music straight into your home from 7pm. And at the same time, Bar Kylie is back. Saturday night, hosting a no-holds-barred Kylie Music Marathon. Oh, it's a Minogue extravaganza with a very special performance by Melbourne's premier showgirl, Millie Minogue. And then on Sunday, don't miss all the Queen's Men's Digital Dance Club from 4pm, where you'll link up with our international rainbow community and national one for a lip sync and a boogie to shake away the blues and build connections across our digital borders. Oh, I love it. Look, honestly, this is just a very small tip of a giant LGBTIQA plus streaming iceberg that's heading straight into your weekend. It's so fantastic and there's so much on, but we only have so much time. So you can check out the full listing by searching for Frock Hudson on Facebook. It's all there because there's so much more to keep us connected while physically distancing. And if I missed anything, be sure to let me know so I can keep sharing what's on each and every weekend with all of you and we can be out loud, proud and connected here on the Informer Daily. Thanks, Frock. 
That's all for us today. Thanks to Joy 94.9's awesome team and the great people at the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Arian Potts. We'll be back tomorrow. Mahalo. The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. You can help us by visiting joy.org.au and become a member or donate. Any amount helps us bring you community-powered radio. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.